Journey to Organization, episode 99, getting ready for Pesach. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. And today I want to go over some tips and tricks for getting ready for Pesach. Today we're approximately nine days, depending on when you're listening to this, eight or nine days away from Pesach. And I know that a lot of people are getting a little bit antsy. Some people are still in denial. Uh, You know, it's not just a river in Egypt, people. Uh, it's important to be prepared for Pesach, be ready for Pesach. Um, I want to address um, a question that I got from the episode I did with Lilia Ronin about eating kosher Pesach kitniot before Pesach. And the thing is, is that if you're going to eat kitniot before Pesach, it needs to be marked kosher Pesach. Now, I know you can find some things in the United States that are kitniot and kosher Pesach. Uh, in Israel, you definitely can super easily. It doesn't make your pants chametz. However, you need to make sure that it has kosher le Pesach, uh, kosher Passover uh, symbol on it so that, you know, you know it's actually kosher Pesach. Um, what I wanted to reiterate about Pesach cleaning um, and getting ready for Pesach in general is that Pesach cleaning is not spring cleaning. (laughs) We all know that already. You're more than welcome to go ahead and do spring cleaning alongside your Pesach cleaning. You're more than welcome to go ahead and declutter alongside your Pesach cleaning. But for those of you who are stressed out or worried or, or just whatever about getting ready for Pesach, don't be. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. Pesach is okay. Like you, you can manage it. Uh, it's going to be fine. Just do what you need to do, not more than what you need to do. There's no uh, mitzvah to make yourself feel like a shmatzah before Pesach. There's no mitzvah to wear yourself out so that you fall asleep at the Seder. One lady actually called me and told me that one year she and her husband both fell asleep at the Seder. This is not the point. We're supposed to teach our children at the Seder the story of the exodus from Egypt. We're not supposed to teach them to wear yourself out so much that you fall asleep doing what you're supposed to be doing, but not doing it correctly. This is not the point. We don't we don't want to get worn out. We don't want to get exhausted. And I'm not saying that it's not hard work. That's not what I'm saying. Cleaning the oven, cleaning the fridge, mopping the floors, kashering the counters, covering the counters, getting your car clean, cleaning out your pocketbook. All of these things are so important to do and necessary to do. But there's like a difference between taking a toothbrush and scrubbing out your purse versus just shaking it out and, you know, gently wiping it out. There's a difference between taking a toothbrush and a toothpick and, you know, wiping out every single corner of your, you know, uh, grout in between your tiles. You don't, you don't need to do that. Pouring the hot water on it is enough um, if you're if that's what you're doing on your countertops plus the fact that you're covering it in addition to cleaning it before you cover it that's huge <laughs> and I think that we 
sometimes forget and can take things a little bit too far. Now, of course, I am not a rabbi and I'm not telling people how to clean their homes, you know, as a psakalacha, as, you know, a final authority. But what I am saying is, is that if you ask most rabbanim, they will tell you that. And the fact that something is covered automatically gives you the ability to see that it's protected. So I think just stepping back from the OCD nature that some people get when they clean for Pesach is really, really important. Now, I want to just give a plug here. <laughs> of course, you can go to my website, balaganbegon.com and download the free Pesach workbook to help you with lists and menu planning and guest planning. And there's a recipe section. You can also join the Facebook group called Organizing in Israel, Balagan Begon, and you don't need to live in Israel to join it. It's a great group if you want to swap some recipes. I think, in fact, this week I'm going to start posting places for people to swap recipes and um, to share a little bit for Pesach. So the thing about um, getting ready for Pesach is each person has their own sort of prep list that they need to hit because everybody's home is different. So when you download the guide, you can use the guide as sort of a guide, if you will, you know, edit it to make it fit for your space. And I think that that's important. Like if you don't have a car, ignore getting the car clean. (laughs) If you, if you don't have a pantry, you know, if you just have like some shelves in your kitchen, then ignore cleaning the pantry. Do you know what I mean? Like if you don't have a sofa, don't clean the sofa. Whatever it is, you know, adapt it so that it works for you and it works better for you. But the thing about it is that it's important to understand that when you are making a list, you don't want to have to redo this over and over and over and over again. So don't make a list in your head. Don't make a list on scrap paper. Don't make a list in a random place, you know? on your whiteboard, on your fridge. Don't do that. Write it down in a place where you can reference it from year to year to year because it's not helpful (laughs) to have to do this again every single year. Um, I really do hope for the geula every day, but, uh, you know, and in that case, we probably won't have Pesach anymore once the geula comes. But in case it doesn't come, (laughs) we're going to have Pesach next year. And we don't want to have to go through the struggle that we went through previously when we can avoid it by just being better note takers. So the thing is, is that if you write it down, if you put it in a place where you can find it from year to year, then it's going to make your life a lot easier. Someone else called me and said to me, it was a great idea that, you know, you go and ask your local rabbi beforehand all the ways that you should kosher X, Y, and Z, things that you want to kosher in your home. And and she thought it was a great idea, but she went a step further and said to me, she writes down whatever her rabbi says so that she doesn't have to ask him year after year. And that's a great idea. The truth is, the more we write down and specifically write down, if we want to know, can we kosher a certain spatula? Can we kosher, kosher a certain bowl? Why should we ask the rabbi if we can do that every single year? It just seems like you're wasting everybody's time. So take notes, write down what he said from year to year and feel confident that it's, you know, good enough. He said you could do it. You can do it. And 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 be okay with the fact that, you know, you asked him once. Why do you need to ask him 30 times? Right. 
Um, and I think that when you write things down, no matter what you're writing down, whether it's a list of what needs to get done, whether it's a list of foods that you're making, whether it's a list of um, halachot that how you clean something, how you prepare something for Pesach, whatever it is, taking the notes is the important part of it because the most important thing you could do for yourself is not have to repeat things over and over and over again. So many times when I see people who are disorganized, it's not necessarily because they have too much stuff, although that's part of the problem. But part of the problem is because they don't automate things. And that means that they're not doing things once and then having a template and doing it based off that template again and again and again and again. So I'll give you an example. A lot of my clients write emails and they write the same email every single day because they send out like a form, but then they end up typing that same email every single day instead of copying and pasting it. Now, typing an email that's 10 lines doesn't take so much time, but over time, the accumulated value of typing those 10 lines is a lot every day. So why not make a template and use canned responses and automate the the activity so that it's not taking you so much time? It's the same thing with Pesach planning. If you make a notebook or you use the guide online, either as a spreadsheet that you download locally to your computer or as a Google document, which is what it is now, it's going to be so much easier for you in the long run because everything you need is going to be in the same place. Now, I had a conversation with my husband this week and he was going to the store for me and I said, by the way, if you see good prices on anything in the store, can you just pick it up? And he said, well, how will I know what to buy? I said, go into the spreadsheet that I shared with you, check the prices of what I paid last year, see how many I bought, and replicate that. And he was like, mah, 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 mah. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. Um, and in the end, he did it and he went ahead and he bought all the things that we needed. And it took a lot of things off my plate. And he was at the grocery store anyways. And now I don't have to think about it. And I think that that's huge when you can share some of the burden with the people who are in your house already and, and allow them to do some of the work for you. But it's not really for you. It's to help you. Like it's for the greater good of the family. There's no reason to, you know, hit the store 3,000 times before Pesach. If you can do it in a more organized fashion, it takes a lot of the stress off you. My mother keeps calling me and asking me, are you ready for Pesach? And I'm like, no, but I've already had my carpets cleaned. I already had my sofa cleaned. I already set out the meals for, for this year. I already know what I'm making. I ordered all of the meat and chicken and turkey that I want to prepare already. And I have the shopping lists ready. So the cleaner's coming on this day to help me switch everything over. And my husband will help me do the rest. And I already know when everything's going to happen. And so I feel comfortable with that. And I made a plan. And even if the plan doesn't work out totally 100% as I planned it, which oftentimes it doesn't, that's fine because I know how I can redirect people with what to do so that it can happen. And I think the most important thing here is that you understand that you don't have to do this alone. <laughs> this is not like 
I am the only person in my whole house who can do this. You can delegate. You can ask your husband for help. You can ask a partner for help. You can ask a friend for help. You can ask your children for help. And even if your children do things that are not exactly the way that you want them to be done, that's okay. You know, I started giving my youngest son uh, the salad making responsibility for Shabbat. And let me tell you, I love my son. (laughs) And he is good at chopping vegetables, but he's not so good at it yet. And you know what? I don't care. It's one thing that's off my plate. He feels like he's contributing. Over time, he'll get better at it. And it's important that he feels confidence as he sees his improvement. And I think that when we can include our families, it takes burden off of us. I have to tell you, when I'm sitting there with him while I'm chopping vegetables and he's chopping vegetables, we sit there and we chat and we have a nice conversation and we get to spend time together in a way where we normally wouldn't have spent time together. Now, it's true. He's older. He's 10 and a half. Um, and that that makes a difference. Obviously, you can't do this with a three-year-old. But if you have bigger kids, you certainly can ask them to help you. And even a three-year-old can help you. And even if they don't do it the way you want them to do it, that's okay. So if you say to them, put all the forks on the napkins, a three-year-old can do that. Find a job that's age appropriate for you. It might be not exactly the way you like it, but again, we are looking for progress, not perfection. We just need to get to the Seder finished. (laughs) We just need to have all the chametz gone by the time that it's um, Bior chametz, by the time it's time to burn the chametz. Like we, we just have to do all of these things in time for the Seder. So as you go over the next, you know, eight, nine days, seven, eight, nine days, um, Think about where you can delegate. Think about the bare minimum you need to do because we don't have to do more than we need to do. This time is stressful. It's expensive. It's stressful. There's a lot to do. Um, Our kids are probably off from vacation. I don't know. In Israel this year, Pesach is 18 days long (laughs) because the kids get off Thursday before Pesach. So Pesach's Friday night, not the day before, but the week before, like a whole Thursday before they're off. So plus, you know, we have Shabbat here, also eight days of Pesach for us too. And so it's a long time and the kids are off from school and it's stressful and it's, you know, it is what it is. But the fact of the matter is, is that we can get them to help. It's not a big deal to get them to help. They enjoy helping. They enjoy knowing that it's, it, they're participating. And as long as you can say to them, it doesn't have to be perfect. Well, actually, as long as you can say to yourself that what they do doesn't have to be perfect, show them once how to do, do it the way you wanted to do it and be happy with the way it comes out. And don't change it. Don't fix it for them because they need to learn that, you know, if you give it to them, even if they did it slightly wrong, like that you're not going to change it. Because if you change it, they have no incentive to keep doing it for you because they'll just be like, well, you fix everything I do anyways. So unless they really do something wrong that needs repairing, just let it be. (laughs) It's not worth it. Just give them the confidence to go forward because that's really our job. We're not their boss. We don't need them to be perfect. We just need them to slowly be learning as they go so that more and more of the time they are prepared and ready and uh, learning and growing. And so over the next few weeks, 
And so over the next few days, I hope that those days won't be stressful for you. I hope that the Pesach cleaning will go easily and simply and cleanly for you. And I hope that you get your family involved so you don't get to the Seder feeling like a shmata. For now, have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.